Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast. The only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am Mags, and with me today, my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Fresh and loving this early start to the UFC. Yeah. Glad we're in Abu Dhabi, but... Glad he started at what, 8 over here, the main card. Mm-hmm. So we've not long as we've finished it, 11 o'clock at night, and I've still got a couple of hours in me to uh, get the rest of <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sucks to be American sometimes, but when when it comes good for us Brits, it comes good for us Brits. Yeah, that, that was a quality time to start a, a UFC pay per view. Uh, if Covid's done anything, it's helped us Brits get more uh, action at normal times. But yeah, we've uh, we've literally just finished watching uh, UFC on ABC One, um, UFC Fat Island, blah blah blah, Holloway uh, versus Qatar. And the first event on ABC, my Yep, yeah, first event on ABC, first event of the year, and goddamn did that this, this event bring it? Uh, we'll quickly go through these prelims. So we started with. Jacob Kilburn um, losing by decision to Austin Lingo in the featherweight. Then we got Vanessa Mello picking up the decision against Sarah Morris in the women's bantamweight. Uh, another decision with uh, Ramazan Imiev picking up uh, the decision against David Zawara in the welterweight. And then another decision, Carlos Felipe uh, and Justin Taffer in the heavyweights absolutely punching the living shit out of each other. And then to round off uh, the the prelims, we had yet another decision. Jocelyn Edwards uh, picked up another victory with a uh, uh, one-sided uh, win over Yanan Wu. Uh, so that bordered well that we were probably going to get a lot of decisions on this main card. No, not really. Uh, we started off with three first-round knockouts. Uh, what a way to start a year of UFC events. So, first fight was uh, Punale Soriano taking on Dusko Todorovic. Both of these guys walking into this fight unbeaten. Um, I think Punale was 7 and all going into this, and uh, Todorovic was 10 and all. Um, start, I thought Todorovic started off 
easily the most the more um, confident in this fight. It was uh, opening up with uh, some uh, some low kicks, but what Soriano was was very economical with his shots. He threw some huge shots, but he didn't throw the kind of velocity that uh, um, that Todorovic was throwing. But every time he threw, it landed. And I think that was what made the difference in this. There were a couple of times where he knocked uh, the, the the mouth guard out of uh, Todorovic's uh, mouth with with, uh, with the shots. And at one point, the mouth guard actually fell down the, the, the grate that goes around the edge of the, the octagon. So he, he kind of got a bit of a reprieve from that shot because he had time to recover whilst they, they pulled the set apart to find his, uh, his mouth guard. But... It was too little, too late, and his confidence was not uh, was not well founded because uh, as soon as he got his mouth guard back for the second time, he got smacked clean in the mouth, went down. Uh, he tried to do a, 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 a submission to grab the leg, but um, the ref uh, just came in, said, "No, nope, this is over. You've been you've been hit way too much." And it, to be fair, he was you could see he was he was disappointed in his own performance, but. What a way to uh, to to lose for the first time, getting absolutely demolished by Penelis Sariano. Yeah, absolutely. You can't take away his performance. He he went in there, worked out a, a good game plan and, and stuck to it. Like I said, after when he's knocked his mouthpiece out, I love the fact how Herb Dean were trying to stick his fingers down side a, a canvas to try and dig the mouthpiece mm-hmm. out, and then it was like, ah, fuck this, get a bit second mouthpiece. Um, well, no, the, he didn't have a second mouthpiece. That was the point. Uh, that's why I, I was uh, thinking that this fight might actually get waved off. It was big. Uh, Herb did try and get um, into the grate, but uh, one of um, Todd Richards' cornermen actually pulled the grate up, and he was able to to get the uh, the mouthpiece. But I think if he didn't have that second mouthpiece, that fight was going to get was going to get waved off for a no contest, which would have been unfair, really, I thought, to Soriano because. God, that guy hits like a sledgehammer for a, for a middleweight. No, no, not, no, not absolutely. Because if the fight didn't get called off through that, it would have got obviously called off through some sort of stoppage and he would have got the, the win. Because I'm sure they've got checklists when the referee goes into the back and they basically go over it. I'm sure they have to do that. They have, have to have certain stuff with them. I think it's like certain gloves or certain like fart wear and gear yeah, and stuff. I, th- I think it depends from commission to commissioner. Uh, with Abu Dhabi being such new territory, um, it may be a, a point that they don't have those those guidelines in place. But yeah, they certainly didn't get the second gun shield. It was uh, they they dug the original one out of the grate. Well, I hope they washed it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, yeah, but uh, again, uh, Sariano, uh, his first, his second first round uh, finish in the UFC, and mm-hmm. going on to being eight and zero in the middleweight division, which. Is a good division, especially to get two finishers um, and moving on uh, up in the ranks. Obviously, this win doesn't throw him right up there into the big big dogs, but you never know. A couple more wins and you and you and you could get up there. But going on to the finish, I do believe it was stopped a little bit early. Now mm-hmm. I can understand that. Yeah, the referee was just early. He was just doing his job. It was like I'm not saying it was wrong to stop the fight. Obviously, it's his call. But at the end of the day, it's the referee's call. It's the last judgment, either the referee or the doctor. So it's it's either their call and nobody else's. So he was doing what was best for the fighter. But when I look at it as, if you're a professional fighter, you, I know it's not going to sound stupid, but you should be trained enough to 
be able to take shots like that. And it's not like he was fully out and he was farted back. He was holding mm-hmm. the leg, trying to fart back, and he wasn't fully out. Or he, he, to me anyway, it didn't. Or on the TV, it didn't look uh, to be out or to be hurt to an extent where he couldn't fart back. So could the fart have gone on? Yeah, potentially. Could the outcome would be the same? More than likely, but. Yeah, I, I would have liked that fact to go on uh, just a little bit longer. But again, Erby's there to, to do a job and he's, mm-hmm. he's looking out for the fighter's safety and the well-being of the fighter. And if he if he thinks to himself that this fighter's took more damage than what's necessary and he's not defending it, then he's well within his right to stop the fight. So, no judgment towards yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think uh, it, it sounded like, to me... It was probably a little bit early. For to Herb's Dean's defence, like you said, he's there to protect the fighters. But the guy did lose his gum shield twice in the fight. He was knocked down several times. Um, maybe Herb had seen enough over the, the, the course of the first round. I would have personally would have liked to have seen him survive that, that last 12 seconds or so, get to a second round and, and see where the land lied there. Uh, but a great win for Soriano. Should uh, should at least help put his name uh, in some other fighters' uh, mindsets and maybe he'll get a bigger fighter. But let's go into um, into the second fight, another well, uh, middleweight fight, and another first-round finish. Uh, Joaquin Buckley coming off the back of a massive heart dream after his uh, ninja-style knockout uh, uh, recently. Uh, the biggest favourite on the card by a long, long way, uh, taking on... Uh, Alessio Di, uh, Di Chiricchio, uh, who was who was basically in there to be fodder to to build up this hype train of uh, of of Joaquin Butler, no, not 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 happening on Alessio's watch. He was not there to just make up numbers. Uh, came out instantly with uh, front kicks down the middle. Uh, Buckley, I thought was. Um, he was always, he's always explosive. I like his uh, the way he has the the stance where he's very wide. He's hard to kind of uh, to uh, assess with him being a natural southpaw. Um, a lot of fighters get can uh, get trouble with him and he can he can fire those kicks off uh, pretty rapidly. Uh, and his punches are just so brutal. But he he's, his accuracy was just not on point. Uh, and um, Chirikio was able to to like uh, slip a lot of his shots, and then um, he landed a, 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 a nice little step up, uh, stepping up knee, and then went for a, a head kick, which absolutely landed clean shin to temple, and Buckley was out cold. Uh, Chirico did did what any fighter would do; he rubber stamped him with a few shots. Uh, Fight waved off by Keith Peterson and um, Buckley tried to say that he he was fine, but when you saw him try and walk and stand up, his legs were stiff. His his legs were still knocked out, even though his eyes were open and his and his lips were moving. What a what a victory for uh, Dicharico, who, who everybody thought was was basically just fodder for for the for Wacky Buckley. Yeah, he's uh, really made a, a name for himself with this win. Yeah, Buckley would definitely do it stanky leg as soon as he stood up, and I don't think he can use Dominic's excuse of <laughs> fucking cigarettes and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, personally, I think Buckley made a, a a stupid mistake. At the end of the day, his opponent watched enough of his fight tape to understand that Buckley drops his hands a lot, and he yeah. does. 
and it should have been on Butler and his coaches to look at that and and, and look at that and understand the self that yeah I am dropping my hands a lot and yes you are dropping your hands a lot and we need to do something about that the fact is that he hasn't he's just took these two wins uh, two wins on the on the head and basically ran with it and it's like right I'm, I'm uh, again I don't want to say it blowing smoke up his arse or this next big thing because it's not like he's been pushed like uh, Chimiev and some of these other guys but the knockout certainly helped him get to where he is and especially the the, the R's that's on him uh, so he, he should have definitely d trained or did something about dropping his hands a lot because that's what lost him the fart and mm -hmm. uh, Alicia knew that and when DC said uh, commentary he was he was saying that open up the body kicks, throw kicks to the, the arms, because even though if he doesn't connect clean to the head, he's going to drop his arms because the the hurt and take his legs away so it stops him moving forward. Because that's what Buckley is. He's a, he's, a, he's a power fighter and a pressure fighter. He hits hard and he'll move forward. And if you can't stop him from doing that, it's more than likely it's going to go in his favour and he's going to knock you out. And um, Alicio was, had a great answer to that with countering that with drawing him in making Buckley think it's safe to go in and next thing before you know it Buckley's just been cracked with a, a beautiful roundhouse kick that has perfectly opened him up because he always drops his he always he's dropped his hand and his right hand side he's always open and again like Rockhold with going up to the left hook Larry and he can always get knocked out with that left hook it's mm -hmm. the exact same situation with that Bisping knocked him out of it and then Blackovich knocked it's him out of it. It's a massive weakness. Yeah, and it's a weakness that it'll quickly get exploited if you don't do something about it because now he's been he's been he's been punished with it. Look mm -hmm. at D <clears throat> look at DC when when Bones basically figured out that you're weak on this side and I can hit you more when potentially whenever I want. And he were able to he were able to basically go go on that the second time and eventually knock him out and a lot of other fighters do the same and again I think Buckley's if he don't buck his ideas up he's probably going to get knocked out again with a, either a left hook or another eye kick and there's when you're looking for the knockout all the time because obviously he's, he came in he's got two first round uh, two fights two knockouts mm -hmm. his first knockout was spectacular then his second knockout was just like a Francis Ngannou knockout, he was just going forward and absolutely throwing like bombs. Power. Yeah, and that were it. And so that's what worked for him. And most majority of the time, when you're that sort of guy who looks for that, if you're not one of these technically sound strikers who can get away with doing that because you're better than most majority of the guys, you sort of do open yourself up to dangerous shit like this. And he definitely opened himself up to the head kick and Alicio did perfect to... To counter it, and I know a lot of people are going to probably jump on it and go, "Oh, he probably got lucky and stuff like that." But no, he fucking didn't. He's, this Alicio putting the work in. That's it. Alicio made his debut in the UFC in 2016. He has been around the block longer than Buckley's even probably been fighting professionally. So it's it's not a case of oh, he got a lucky shot. No, he watched his tape, he put the hard work in. He knew that Buckley dropped his hands for that right hand side, and he knew eventually I'm going to get him yep. with that left hand. And I guarantee if you put if you were to look back on the paperwork that they put through their camp, I guarantee that somewhere on them points, it was to finish that fight off 
with that high kick because he drops his hand and they they executed it perfectly and a lot of people it pissed me off because a lot of people was underestimating him and like you were saying he got put in there as cannon fodder he was another guy for Butler to run through and absolutely not the case he's not one of the guys who have been a well-known guy or a massive name guy but to the people who aren't casual fans Alicio has been around the block enough to and always, if you're an experienced fart fan, and if you've watched more than one of these farts, you know that this is a guy who generally comes to fart. He don't, he, he don't come to, to fuck about. And when he comes to fart, you've got to deal with this sort of shit. And Buckley didn't. Buckley got paid the price to that. Absolutely. Um, so after that, uh, the middle of this, uh, of this main card went to the welterweight division. Uh, Santiago... Ponzinibbio taking on Lee Jingliang and something that they said on commentary that I didn't even I wasn't aware of obviously we know that Ponzinibbio has had lots of issues with uh, with injuries and illness uh, and he's not really fought that much in the, in the UFC uh, over this last few, few years or so but he's been doing the commentary for the, the Spanish um, 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 output for UFC which is yeah that's a uh, at least is is kind of like keeping in the system, which is uh, which is really cool for him because uh, I think his fighting days may be coming uh, quickly to an end because he was totally, totally outclassed in this fight against Lee uh, Jingliang. The first minute or so of this round, uh, it was quite, they were quite nervous. You could see that uh, um, both would would were trying to. Test the test the range, uh, see how far they, they, they could get before uh, getting into danger. But the problem was that a lot of the the testing was coming from from Lee rather than um, uh, Santiago. He just didn't seem to be willing to pull the trigger on any kind of shots. Uh, Lee, uh, Lee was able to land uh, leg kicks and jabs with, with pretty much no uh, no comeback at all. And we even get to a point where the crowd started booing because there were there was just very very few uh, few shots being thrown, um, especially from from Santiago. But the the leg kicks really did start to make a difference. You could see the the welts uh, upon uh, upon um, uh, Santiago's legs. Uh, he then finally starts to starts to throw um, throws a, a, a shot to like a, an overhand right. But he gets he gets caught with a, a, a left uh, hook that just lands on the chin and is is clean out cold, absolutely out cold, uh, and the the fight was over four and a half minutes and uh, Lee uh, Jing Liang has has got the biggest win of his career so far. Absolutely, the guy is sort of stumbled in his his UFC career. He made his debut in two thousand fourteen mm-hmm. and he's always been one of these guys who's gone. One win, one loss, two wins, one loss. Well, his UFC record's 10 and 4 after yeah, this fight. That's it. He always, he, in the last, I think since 2018, I think he's on that mm-hmm. 3 and 2. Yeah. Um, Just not been able to get that momentum. Yeah, now whether that's whether that's lack of opponent or obviously with all this COVID going on and all that sort of stuff, but obviously that weren't around in 2014 when he made his debut. Uh, so he's always been up and down and with this fight, I've seen it as a, a, a true challenge uh, for him. Like, can he get past um, Santiago? Because we, we've seen off Santiago's a couple of fights. He's, he's a natural-born fighter. And like we say, 
with his injuries, he's, he's got a commentary job with the UFC. If you've got that sort of thing behind you, it's sort of good to say, like you were on about, when do I say enough of the fight career and be a lot more of a, a, a commentator. You know you're going to have paydays there, you know you're going to have income and you're still surrounded in the, in the sport you love. But again, it was a tough, definitely a tough fight for him. He, he he didn't really turn up to fight. When I was mm. looking at obviously Santiago, it didn't look like the he did in his last couple of fights. He it looked like he was one of these fighters who just turned up because he needed the money. He needed a payday. And I don't think he, he he sort of took it seriously. And with the fighters like Lee, especially like DC said uh, earlier on in uh, in the event, when you look at China now and looking at look at some of these athletes and fighters that are coming out of China and look at how dominant China have been over the last couple of Olympics, uh, they, I think they just behind uh, America mm-hmm. with like medals and stuff like that. So they're getting up there and we're going to see more and more Chinese athletes in the next couple of years. Well, that, that's what happens. Uh, one thing that, that China is good at is, um, is kind of backing their... Um, their athletes. We've seen it in in sports in Britain, just like for for example, snooker. What happens is they'll uh, the Chinese will will focus on on a certain sport and they'll they'll plow loads and loads of money in it and they'll they'll really kind of push their their talented athletes in whatever sport uh, and and basically that becomes their career. Uh, and that's because they want to be the best and everything, and and it it, it, it works at the end of the day. Uh, if you look at the the snooker rankings, there's so many like Chinese-born uh, um, snooker players who were who were rising up. The the, the like, like I think it was uh, DC who said on on the commentary, uh, China are, are now second only to the US for for amounts of medals that they pick up in in the Olympics, and that's because they want to be. They want to be the best, so they, they throw as much uh, funds at it as possible. Well, that's it, and Lee's just one of these athletes who's showing that that sort of mindset is is paying off because the Wei Li Shan was the first uh, Chinese-born uh, UFC champion, and we're only seeing more talented Chinese fighters mm-hmm. uh, coming out, and especially with one being over there and so many eyes being on one, we're getting... It's it'll it's easy for the UFC instead of to sending representatives over there to scout these people instead of Dana going over there to scout new people with one being over there and these other organisations that are getting more eyes on them it's easier for the Westerners um, promotions UFC Bellator Cage Warriors to sort of pick these fighters up and a lot of these fighters will take these opportunities because it's yeah fair enough one and Bellator and Cage Warriors might pay you decent money's amount offer you a decent deals but the end goal is a UFC belt that's mm-hmm. the we're in it's like you if you're in uh, NFL you, you want a ring Super Bowl ring yeah. if you're in the Premier League you want that you want that trophy if you're like you say if you're a snooker player you want that snooker championships at the end of the year you're the, you're the one who want to lift that trophy yeah, the the fact is nobody enters MMA to go. Oh, I want to be the Bellator world champion, or exactly. I want to be the the one world champion. It's uh, my my goal is to be a UFC champion. Well, that's it. They're, the, they're the standard bearers. Absolutely, they're the ones who set that benchmark. They're the ones mm-hmm. who are known all the way 
around the world for having the best elite athletes. And if you can be this guy who, who beats all them lot in your weight category and lifts that UFC belt and not only does that, does that but defends it more than once, you can't you can't be you can't be said that you're not one of the best fighters in the world because you've proved it on the world's biggest stage. It's like being a like being a wrestler and, and winning the main event in in WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. You've made it then. That's the that's the dream goal. Winning the WWE belt at WrestleMania, the main yeah. event. That's if you've done that, that's your wrestling career done. If you finished it the day afterwards, you'd be happy. Cause that's that's the that's the dream for a lot of people, and it's the same for the UFC. You win that belt and you defend it. You, that's your career. You can, you can be one of these handful of people who, who make it. And I think, like I say, with uh, Lee, with the performance he's had and making his debut so far back, I think he's just the, the pathway we see into Chinese fighting that we did mm -hmm. with Michael Bisping opening up the gateway to. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. To English mixed martial arts, I think these are the fighters, Wei Li Zhang and Li, who are opening up the way to the the Chinese athletes, and more eyes are going to get on them. And I hope he gets a, a bigger name and a bigger rank. Yeah. I hope he gets a push. He's been in the UFC for what 2014, up and down. So I can imagine that he's not wanting to stick around for a lot longer. Yeah, I don't see me. Like in this sort of sport, you don't want to have your body beat up and making absolutely no money. Where he could probably make the same amount of money for the amount of time he fights back home working in the gym. So, yeah, hopefully in the future he gets a bigger name and a, a better rank. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so let's go into this co-main event. Uh, two oldest foot fighters 
from back in the day of uh, UFC and one of them even from before that in, in WEC. Uh, Matt Brown versus Carlos Condit. Carlos Condit who is a massive favourite of ours. I mean, Matt Brown's a massive favourite of ours just because of the way he brings it in fights. Um, and this did not disappoint whatsoever. Um, went, went the distance, uh, Condit picking up the uh, unanimous decision. Uh, and quite a fair result for me. I think uh, the first round was probably Matt Brown's uh, more successful round. He had he spent a, uh, a lot of time in top control. Uh, the, um, there's an argument to say that maybe he could have won that round. None of the judges gave him the round. I think all three judges gave it 30-27 to, to Condit. Um, but there is an argument to say that... Um, he had that top control. He was on top for I think it was about three and a half minutes of the five uh, five minutes, but Condit was so good at attacking off his back that he, he ended up busting open uh, Matt Brown uh, with his shots. And then as we got further and further into the fight, and and Condit was landing landing so many good shots, throwing uh, shots from different angles. The the leg kicks were really powerful. The the body shots and uh, the the punches. Um, to the the ribs and the face, uh, he really tore Matt Brown up, like really kind of like damaged his face, and then Condit was able to to take the fight uh, to the ground as well, really kind of like put a lot of pressure on on, on Matt Brown, and his 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 way of um, I mean I think he's got a very underrated ground game as Carlos Condit, um, and I thought that he put uh, Matt Brown in a lot of pressure and it. it it sometimes felt like that Matt Brown just it wasn't at the races for this fight. Uh, but whenever it got to the ground, um, um, Condit just was so calm and so confident. Even when he was on the, even when he was on his back, or um, he, he was the one in control, he just took that extra like half a second just to assess his situation. Uh, really keep uh, Matt Brown guessing at what he was doing, and was able to have a get an attempt at submission or or get back to the feet and, and start uh, laying the shots into Matt Brown's uh, face again. Uh, it was pretty much a lot of that for, for the, the the third round as well. Again, uh, Matt Brown ended up in... Uh, there was a, there was actually one um, move that, that Condit did where he was on, on the ground and he was able to slip uh, Matt Brown uh, and get top control. But the, for me, the, 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 the highlight of this fight was that gorgeous takedown that he did. I think it was in the second, um, or maybe it was early in the third, where he... Um, he he slipped past Matt Brown and and was able to trip him and almost give him a um, it was almost like a sad slam. Really good takedown, really well controlled, uh, really showing off his kind of versatility in in MMA. But I've got to give Matt Brown his props. He didn't want to to uh, be finished and he was able to take it to to the judges. But Carlos Condit um, picks up a victory, a victory that I think he needed. Uh, just for his own kind of a uh, mentality. Uh, me and Carlos were talking, and we assumed that this may be the looking at the end for for both guys. But Carlos Condit after the fight, uh, calling out quite a few guys, saying he's uh, he's just wanting to fight. He's got that passion back, and so yeah, I can't wait to see another Carlos Condit fight because, like I said, he's one of our very favourites here at five rounds. Yeah, that's it. Well, Matt Brown, the old dog, he's still got fat left in him and he's he shown that uh, tonight, but I just don't think it's enough. 
He's a brilliant coach. He's got some talented fighters underneath him, and I believe it's time. And I think Dana, had, uh, if he was here, he'd agree with me. And a lot of other fighters, I think, had said the same. I think it's time for Matt Brown to put his gloves down and time to actually fight on passing his knowledge to the younger generation because he's a brilliant coach. Some of the fighters he's got, some of the uh, the knowledge he's passed on to his fighters that he's already gotten out and the fighters that he could have in the future. I think he could make, if he put his time into that full time, I think he could be one of these coaches that actually produce world champions. Mm -hmm. he, he knows what he's doing, he's been around a long time. Yes, he's took some losses, but He's, lot, he's always been at that elite level. Yeah, he's always he's always been fighting the best of the best. He's yeah. not always he's not always he's not one of these guys to go right. I want to take a break. I want to take a B level fighter. Say in the UFC, I want to take a B level. If I want to take a bit more of an easier fighter, he doesn't give a shit like that. He just he's basically when the UFC rings him or he's ready to have a fight, it's just like right, who have you got? First mm -hmm. guy, dangerous guy, I'll take it. Yeah. Sort of like the, uh, Rafael dos Anjos, like. These are the sort of guys who come from a different generation that go, I don't give a fuck what his name is or what his background is. If you're offering me to fight him and you're paying me, I'll fucking fight him. Mm -hmm. I couldn't care. And that's why I believe he's a, he's a brilliant coach. Because if he has that mindset in a fighter, just imagine what sort of mindset he'll have as a coach if he's backing you. And I'd love to be one of these fighters. I'd love to spend a week, uh, a fortnight with, with Matt Brown as my head coach and giving me some techniques. He's, he'd be a... He'd be a brilliant coach for a lot of people, but yeah, I do believe that he's, he's, it's time for him to hang his gloves up and, and pass his knowledge on. He's been a brilliant fighter, so there's no point in taking. Because I always, after, obviously, hurting my own back and coming back from that injury, and then especially looking at how dangerous fighting is. Now, I'll, I'll give it to it, fighting's a lot, people might not believe it, but a fighting's a lot more safer than it is playing rugby or football with the head injuries and stuff like that but it's still unnecessary damage that you're going to put on your body especially uh, going to an older age and you're not looking at climbing the ranks you're not looking at fighting a top five you're not looking at championship fights or championship money and I think with the UFC obviously making some of these cutbacks and, and putting fighters on lower contracts it's not like especially after a couple of losses you're not going to be basically in the position to bargain more money out of him for, for different fights. So I've always thought to myself, if you're not fighting for that reason, what's the point? Especially when you can, like I said, when he can be a brilliant coach full-time and pass his knowledge along, he's, he's one of these guys who have sort of got that pathway already set out for him. So he's not going to be one of these fighters that are going to go back out. Like Tim Sylvia, for instance, 10 years down the line, he's basically wanting to sue the UFC so the UFC won't help him out to remove or replace the rods he's got in his arm from what Frank Mir broke fucking a decade ago. I know Matt Brown's not going to be in that position if he goes down that route. But Carlos Condit, man. Like, oh, fucking, he's the same name as me. Of course I want him to fucking win. <laughs> like, he's been one of my favourite fighters for ages and it was gut-wrenching because Dan Order has been one of my, if not my favourite fighter throughout my life and when them two fought I thought to myself for fuck's sake like I liked him because he's got the same name as me I've always rooted for him I've always wanted him to win but now he's fighting our countrymen now he's fighting literally the, the guy who I've literally got a book of at my bedside table and I, I literally every now and again when I need to get fucking by I'll, I'll just give it a quick quick read and 
I thought to myself, shit, am I watching this? First when he beat him, I was pissed off. I'm like, fuck this guy. <laughs> but then I, I, I quickly got over that. See, again, he, he can't be pissed off at Carl's conduct for long. Come on, you, the, the guy farts like an absolute fucking warrior. If you don't like his farts, you're not either a fan or you're just fucking stupid. It's it's as simple as that. Like he'll, He comes to fart. He comes to put on a war. and doesn't matter who he's farting, you're going to be... Even the fart of him and, and, and Nick Diaz that people were saying, oh, that were a bit boring, that fart, it weren't. It weren't boring. And this fart was not boring. And like I was, like obviously what we said, I think it might be time for both of them after this fart. They've both had a, a, an amazing run. Condit being the, the former WEC champion and yeah, he, he's either the former UFC or interim champion. But... Like you were saying, after a performance like that, especially a dominant performance over Matt Brown, like I said to you, like, go out on top. Why would you not? Especially putting on a performance like that over Matt Brown, it's not an easy fight, not an easy name, and you've just won all three rounds. You could go out on top and be happy about that, but that's the fighter in him, that's the old-style fighter that you don't think like that. Like you were saying, after the fight, you were throwing out different names, and it's mm -hmm. like... That's admirable to a lot of people, especially me, because I did believe before this fight maybe they might retire together in the octagon. But I was highly wrong, and I'm after that performance. I'm glad I'm wrong because if he has got the passion back, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go and watch the fucking fight between him and Robbie Lawler. Then you'll know what I'm talking about. And if he's got that same passion back, that welterweight division is going to be exciting once more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know he spoke in his last couple of fights that. He's been thinking of, of retiring and Dana's always said once you mention the R word, you should do it. But I'm glad that Carlos has proved us wrong because... Like I do. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, Jesus Christ, let's get into this main event. Oh, I don't think anything that me and Carlos can say about this main event is going to do it justice. Absolutely if not. you If you, uh, for any reason listen to us without watching the event I implore you to go and watch this fight we are 16 days into 2021 and uh, we will struggle to get a better fight than this this should this will be fight of the year I am 99.99% um, convinced of that Max Holloway versus Calvin Qatar Max obviously coming back off those two um, two losses to Alex uh, Volkanovski, where he lost his title and was unable to gain it back, um, kind of not looking like the fighter that we've we've known him to be, especially when he went on that thirteen fight win streak. Uh, the, the basically one of the pound for pound best fighters in the world. This Max Holloway that fought in this fight is without a shadow of a doubt the best Max Holloway I have ever seen, and I've watched Max Holloway since his debut in the UFC. Uh, and I, I can't think of a better performance than he had with this one. And it's testament to Calvin Qatar's chin that he did not get sparked out in this fight. This motherfucker was like the Terminator. He got His brain was switched off, but his body just would not go down. I've got to give him all the props in the world. Over the five rounds... Um, Max broke the record for the amount of, uh, of significant strikes, but he didn't just break it by one or two. 
This guy added nearly 200 extra strikes to that record. He threw 744 total significant strikes, landing 445, 274 headshots to Calvin Qatar. 274. The motherfucker just won't go down. And each round was absolutely dominant for, for Max to the point where two, uh, one judge gave um, three 10-8 rounds and the other two gave two 10-8 rounds. Uh, Calvin Qatar just got absolutely lit up. Uh, the first round was arguably his, his best round. He uh, landed a couple of good shots. And to be fair to Qatar, it's not like this was a one-sided like, ass whooping. I mean, it was a one-sided ass whooping. <laughs> but he was landing his own shots. He was still he was still able to, to catch Max. It's just that Max just came with that volume. And it wasn't just volume in terms of punching him in the face. It was so... Uh, varied with his shots there was kicks in there there was the body shots were absolutely brutal the spin kicks to the to the gut were just just you could see the ribs breaking you could see the oxygen come out of Qatar's lungs the fence rescued that guy multiple times uh, and this is the fact that didn't go down to the ground whatsoever uh, Max was just so confident from the very second he went in the, uh, DC said it perfectly this is a Max who is happy who is uh, he's blessed he, 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 he was ready to come to fight and he went for a war and it's only by the grace of God that Calvin Qatar did not go down um, he got to a point in the fifth round where Max was talking to the commentary team whilst Calvin Qatar was there. And this wasn't him being cocky. This was him telling people, look, I am, I'm the best. And whilst he was doing that, he was still dodging and slipping Fucking punches and landing no-look punches. He was looking at DC at the commentary team whilst he's smacking uh, Calvin Qatar in the face and then ducking and slipping shots. The guy was unreal. This is the very best Max Holloway I have ever seen in all the time I've watched his fights. What a great victory. Um, just, it don't get any more dominant for me uh, without it being a finish. Exactly. Max Holloway, total strikes, 246, 246, uh, 746 strikes he threw in this fight, which is more than any other fighter in the space of 25 minutes. Kelvin Qatar took 200 and, let's say, what, 290 summit to the face. and 274 headshots. 274 to the face, and he just would not go down, and he threw 284 uh, of his own shots, consisting of both of them throwing a combined 1,030 shots in the space of 25 minutes. That's, that's, that nearly, is, that's nearly double Weili Zhang that is against uh, Joanna. mental, absolutely mental. Like the commentary team says, I don't know what it is about them farts in January, but fuck me, why did they all have to be fart of the years? Like, they set a benchmark <laughs> for any other fighter. Now, I will be a happy fart, uh, fart fan and a happy man if all these events live up to this fucking expectation. If if Dana White's got this sort of shit planned for us and this shit in store for us, I am excited. I won't illegally stream the shit if you've got this sort of stuff fucking <laughs> planned for us. I probably am going to, but... Uh, but, yeah, Max Holloway, you've got to give it to him. He were on fucking fire. Mm -hmm. He's... Don't want to say it, but I'm going to... He's the Max Holloway of old. He's probably going to come back and he's probably going to take that title back. He's 29 years of age. The commentary team said... He, 
Fart is in this day and age now. Um, obviously, I do the, the, the five rounds interviews, go and check it out. But when I talk to a couple of fighters on there, we always speak about how modern mixed martial arts has always moved on. And you before it were like, like say, like, look at Max when he got signed, when he's made his professional debut at 18 years of age. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in this day and age are only making the professional debut at like 26 years of age. A lot of them are only getting signed to these big promotions at what, 28, 30 years of age. You only see these spectacular ones that I get who are who are 22 and up, who are getting signed, who come far and few between off those the, the Dana White Contender series, who are doing it, making absolutely no money, but they'll do it just because it's the UFC. Like we said, it's the biggest stage of them all. You you get an opportunity to fight for the UFC, you you're stupid not to take it at the end of the day, and and Max took that opportunity he, now look at him he didn't have to he could have he could have easily said whoa you dickheads uh, I thought I won that fight in that in the last fight between Volkov and like I say I'll give it to him yeah we're a very close fight did he win that fight I don't believe so I believe so Volkanovski did push the wrestling in the last couple of rounds to edge that victory but <laughs> like I said it was close enough to where I believe myself that they should have run that back straight away. Now, Max is a true fighter and a true champion. He didn't give a shit about them saying, no, we're not going to run it back. They give the title fight to Ortega. He, he was not bothered. He's like, right, on to the next one. Who's next? Who's, who's, who, who am I going to fight next? And they give him uh, Kelvin Qatar. And not an easy opponent. Absolutely not an easy opponent. And we've seen that because... They don't know what the fuck he's made out of. Granite, steel, hard. Oh, I ain't got a fucking clue what he's made out of, but I mean, he weren't going down for, for fuck all. We were talking whilst watching the fight, and I honestly think the only thing that would have took Calvin Qatar down in that fight was, <laughs> a, was, a, was a gun. It's a fucking shot. Or a bat. <laughs> like some sort of bat. Or a taser. In fact, I think he would walk for a taser with the amount of shots he took to the face. Oh, he's an absolute tank, but if you're Volkanovska, what are you doing? Are you... Are you thinking to yourself, shit, do I need to get it gym? Are you shitting your pants? Are you thinking, for fuck's sake, what have I got myself into? I'm going to have to fart, Max. But, it, like I was saying to you, in that fart, if I'm Volkanovski, I'm shitting myself and thinking to myself, shit, either way, either way I'm farting, it's going to be an hard as fuck training camp. Because if Max comes the way he does in this fart, it's going to be a fart. But, obviously, if Kelvin won, which, unfortunately, he didn't, but if he did win... It would have been like shit. This guy's a fucking Terminator who don't go down. What the fuck do I have to do to put him down? And mm -hmm. um, Volkanovski, he's not one of the punching guys. He's not known for the the knockouts. He's obviously he's a heavy hitter. Don't get me wrong, but he's a better wrestler and a more endurance fighter than than he is a knockout artist. And with Max the way he fights, and and as well before I actually say the next thing, what we got to understand about Max is especially at fighting at featherweight. He's more than generally nine out of ten times, or if not ten out of ten times, more than not about this fight. He's always fighting fighters who have got a smaller reach advantage yeah, over him. He's the always one who's always got the longer reach. I think Qatar had a three-inch advantage on him yeah, this time. Yeah, absolutely. So you always think that even when he went up to lightweight, fought Dustin, he still had a bigger reach mm -hmm. than Dustin. So it's not every day you get someone fighting Max with the same or bigger reach than him and in the fight you you'd think it was the opposite way around you just think oh this is another fighter who Max has got bigger reach and it's not Max was a smaller guy so he needed to move in and out and 
I believe that's why he was getting tagged a lot. It's not that he was getting tagged because he was shitter or whatever. Kelly Guitar is that is that good. Max knew that he needed to get in and out fast because if he didn't, he was going to get cracked. And yeah, for my liking, he got he paid the price a couple of times in that fight that he he didn't need to. He, he should have been a little bit faster. He got the job done. He he fucked him up, but. Qatar was hitting him back with his own shots and when he weren't moving fast enough, Qatar was landing them and they were dangerous shots. It's not like, if, if Max, I'd put money on it, if Max says that he wasn't seeing seeing fairies or having little birds flying around his head on a couple of shots, I'd probably call him a liar. I'd call him out on it because the the stunning, that little uppercut, that little right uppercut that Kelvin gave him to him, that stunned him. I believe that, that sort of shaped them cobwebs a bit. And Max sort of knew that, but he, he was a brilliant fighter, he's an experienced fighter, he didn't want to show that, he, as soon as he hit that, that right, changed up to the body, and and that's the perfect thing that he did. With the, the reach that he didn't have the advantage, he was still able to do the perfect game plan, open up the body to open up the head, open up the head to open up the body, and always switching it up, and then oblique kicks out, we don't normally see him throwing, he was throwing a lot of them, taking the old body, Johnny Bones Jones style, <laughs> taking that front leg away, because if you're fighting a guy, now look at what he did to uh, Santos, yeah fair enough, Bones might not have finished him, but Santos is a heavy hitting guy, so as Qatar, if you take their knees away, what happens, what can they not do? They can't knock you out, because they, exactly. the, they, they haven't got that movement in them to get that full extension, and if you're not a moving target, Odds are you're not getting knocked out, and Max is never a moving target. He's always moving about. Fair enough, his head movement, he gets it because his head movement is not always there, but he can take a punch, he can fucking take a lot of punches. And um, like Dan Hardy said, give the man a fucking title shot because if he fights out this way against uh, Volkanovski, I don't think City Kickboxing is going to hold that title for, well, well, I don't think they're going to hold it for long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, if if I was Dana, I'd be making a phone call to Brian Ortega and saying, "Smells Brian, mate, you're going to have to sit this one out. Well, well that's it. It's like, like you were saying with that as well, that's sitting it out. But let's go through it for a second. When you think of it the way it is, it's still in the UFC's eyes, because obviously in this day and age, I always try and speak about it a little bit more instead of like uh, a fat fan or wanting to be a fighter myself because obviously there's a lot of politics now in this sort of in this sort of sport and you're always thinking what's especially in the UFC what's good for business and with Max winning that's brilliant because it doesn't matter who wins in the Brian Ortega fight because you've still got a selling point that were a very close fight between Max and, and and Alex so you run that one back if Alex wins because it were a very close fight yeah fair enough Max won the first time round but if Brian wins now you've got a bit of a dilemma here because the first time they were fighting, Max was the champion and Ortega was the challenger. Now the roles are reversed. Can if Brian does get that walk out that far victorious, can he take that confidence and ride it into the fight? With because without a doubt, Max is going to get a title shot after this. You can't <laughs> if you don't give him a title shot, you're fucking insane. But so yeah, if Brian does win, can he take that confidence and? overcome the fact is that Max beat me first time and beat me fucking handily uh, yeah hands down it's not like he can say in any way Max didn't beat Max outstruck him in every point and the doctor had to stop it at some point and he didn't fight for a long time afterwards so I guarantee that effect that affected him more than just physically so if he does 
win, can he take that into the fight with Max and overcome it? Or can Volkanovski go, fuck, right, now I've got to fight Brian and I know I've got to fight Max. Because now Max, all you think Max has got to do now is just train and get better. Because Max hasn't got to push himself to an extent so soon. Because he knows that Volkanovski's got to fight Brian. Yeah, so that and, part's he, and he also walked into that this fight with Qatar still ranked number one. Exactly. Uh, so with a performance like that, you can't say to the number one ranked guy, "No, you're not getting a title shot," even Absolutely. if he has lost two. Uh, it's just yeah, but them two were to the champion, so you can't just say it's not like he lost two to top five or top ten opponent. He lost them two, and the last fight that he lost, a lot of people still think that he won that fight. Yeah, they were very, very competitive. Very uh, thin uh, decision. So I think this Max uh, has really took time to get back to the drawing board, realise what brought him to the dance in the first place and, and turn that dial up. Um, and what a performance by not only him, but by Qatar as well, to be able to survive getting hit with a steam, steam train 700 times. Absolutely. I will... Through this day onwards, I will always be a fan of Qatar. Now, just for how much heart he's got, and how excited I were that in that fight. A lot, I don't think a lot of fans give fight as much uh, enough appreciation, even when even in a loss like that were a fucking war. Like mm. he he could have easily said to his coaches, "I'm done." His coaches easily could have threw the towel in. They, his coaches easily could have said during the fights, dropped a couple of hints to doctors to maybe stop the fight and. Nothing like that happened. He went out there. He, in a way, a lot of old old school people say he took his beating like a man, and he's gonna lick his wounds and come back from it. And I do believe he's going to. But I don't think a lot of people give people like that enough appreciation. Yeah, he might not have won, but when it comes to winning in that sort of sense, yeah, he's definitely won a lot more fans over than mm-hmm. than he has lost. Yeah. I agree. Um, so next week there is actually two events. We've got a midweek event: uh, UFC Fight Night Chiesa versus Magna. Uh, but obviously, the the big fight for next week is uh, is the UFC 257, the return of Conor McGregor taking on Dustin Poirier, uh, and also the debut of Michael Chandler taking on Dan Hooker. So. Uh, we'll be covering that that show next week, and then with uh, with the UFC, then taking a, a little bit of a break. We'll cover the uh, the Magna and Kiesa show the week after, so uh, we'll still have plenty of, uh, of UFC content uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, uh, come back next week for for the 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 main event of of the year so far: uh, Poirier versus McGregor two. Uh, we're definitely not illegally streaming it because we don't want Dana White coming after us wink wink no, uh, Uncle Dana telling us off he's got he's got a surprise for all those motherfuckers I mean for all those motherfuckers who are going to be illegal streaming <laughs> um, but yeah uh, so thank you all for listening follow the show at Five Rounds Pod follow me at DJ Kirkman follow Carlos here at Kirkman underscore Carlos definitely go on to uh, the Shooting the Sports-ish uh, YouTube and um, Podbean to listen to Carlos's uh, solo project, the Five Rounds interviews. He's, uh, a couple have already dropped. Uh, he's got uh, some great interviews in the can, uh, some really big names in, in not only in uh, local hungry uh, up-and-coming fighters, but uh, coaches and uh, more established fighters. So, yeah, definitely uh, go and check them out. 
go and listen uh, and subscribe over at uh, Visionaries Global Media and the chair shot. Uh, we have much appreciation for them for uh, being so supportive uh, of the five rounds. Thank you all for listening, and that is the end. And you, ah, just before I do go, if you haven't made it all the way through listening to the end, we do appreciate it. But just to give you a little insight for the exclusive, if you have listened to the end, you get this little bit. The interview that is coming up, the most biggest name, is the one and only Mr. He's coached a UFC champion, and he was UFC champion at the time. So adios amigos, follow and check out all the networks. Catch us next week. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.